0: It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com, top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome one and all to the two-point stance, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. I am Brian Drake. Follow me on Twitter at Drake Fantasy. Joined, as always, it's our second episode, so saying always is kind of nuts, but hey, it's factual. It's Joe Dolan. You know him, love him, fantasypoints.com. Managing editor over there. Follow him on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. We're back for episode two. They didn't cancel us yet, Joe. Congratulations, I guess, but how you doing, buddy? (laughs) I'm very happy about that,
1: Uh, Drake. (laughs) uh, We're recording in the morning, so I didn't get to use my new light. So check this out. I got one of those, those fancy, like, uh uh lights and uh yeah i have a button i can press to turn it on and off but i don't need it this morning i have a i have lovely natural light here uh in uh in the fantasy point studio um you can Do you see it back there? By the
0: way, there's, yeah, you got there's a dog crimpet. sitting on your couch. If you're not watching us on YouTube, he's Joe's dog. Crimpit is his name. Yeah, uh, her name. Uh, her so
1: name. I have two. I have two. Uh, let's see. That they're 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 popular on the Ross podcast. They were popular on the uh, the daily lineup today. Now this is Butterscotch right there. Now you might notice Butterscotch <laughs> has a muzzle on uh, because she's had a paw infection thinks since Thanksgiving. Um, and we've been really trying to, to, uh, it was, uh, a, oh, no. uh, it was, um, uh, what do you call it? antibiotic resistant? So we have her on a different, like kind of cocktail, uh, a cocktail of drugs there, but, uh, she's herself. Like a party. She, yeah, it's a party, but th- those are my two, two, my two girls. Um, they love listening here. They're, they're, they're probably absorbing much more information than the average listener is. So, uh, um, those are my babes and they're, wow. they're here to listen a- along to the show. Uh, Drake, we're talking NFC quarterback situations today. I thought that was, a a fun, uh, exercise with the AFC. Um, one thing I have definitely noticed, um, there were going to be far more AFC green light quarterback situations than NFC. It's just, it seems like all the certain quarterback situations are kind of stacked up in the AFC. I think we're going to have fewer, and then I'm going to be excited to go down the tally later. So, um, not, not, not to, uh, step on your toes, but I want to, I want to give the listeners what we're doing. We're doing a red light, yellow light, green light, kind of a traffic light tier for quarterback situations. Red light means that team needs to stop right now and, and go out and get a quarterback before they can move forward. Yellow light is uh maybe, maybe you can run that light. We'll see what happens And green light is zoom, full ball forward. You're heading into 2023 with that quarterback. Um, And I think there's going to be fewer of those green lights in the NFC than there were in the AFC. Uh, I I think that's pretty obvious, but we'll get to the actual numbers.
0: When you look at quarterbacks for fantasy, because again, fantasypoints.com, I thought the AFC would dominate when you just look at fantasy points for the season. But you know, injuries and other things happening with Lamar. I was shocked with how many NFC guys were sprinkled throughout the top 12 when you look at Jalen hurts and Justin Fields who came in fifth overall Geno Smith, a surprise season, Daniel Jones, Kirkie cousin, a perennial back end of the top 10, uh, even Jared Goff and Tom Brady. So I think that surprised a lot of folks when you look at, well, everybody's great in the AFC. And that's why no free agent quarterbacks want to go there. The NFC showed up this year actually for fantasy.
1: It did. Um, you know, we have uh, guys like obviously Jalen hurts who was highly drafted. Um, We have, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins. You're you're right. I mean, the NFC, there was still an element of you can stream your quarterbacks this year. Although, you know, I saw, um, I think it was Greg Ambrosius from the NFFC who tweeted yesterday, like there were 11 quarterbacks off the board in the first five rounds of one of their super best or early best ball drafts. Um, And I, I think that's because the traditional pocket passer, is kind of going out of vogue. Um, and even a quarterback you might consider mediocre can run a little bit now. And we'll definitely be getting into that. Um, we're going to start doing drafts here soon, I think, Drake, on this program and and going through and, and, and coming up with takes. But I thought this was a fun exercise heading into uh, the offseason because we know, look, this exercise is moot in a month, so might as well do it now.
0: So let's start things off with the Atlanta Falcons. They started their year with Marcus Mariota. They ended the year with Desmond Ritter. If you look at the Falcons, uh, they finished their season at seven and ten. So, I mean, with a new coaching staff, Joe, I guess you could say seven and ten is a a solid year for Atlanta. They got they got a young squad. I don't necessarily think looking at your color coordination, are they a yellow? I mean, Mariota, we know that's not the answer. We can't go there. But Ritter, it's not like he's a, a, a. First round pick either. I think they're yellow, maybe blinking more towards the red.
1: I agree. Um, I think Ritter did some good things. I thought he was terrible in his first start, but you know what? He gotta you gotta understand this was a third-round pick who did not play well in in his first start. And then, you know, he didn't turn the ball over, uh, at least interception-wise. He lost a couple of fumbles, you know. He he threw for uh, two touchdowns in his last game. Didn't throw a single touchdown until uh, his fourth start, by the way. So maybe that's a, that's an indictment. But he got the ball to Drake London. There weren't a whole lot of weapons here. Kyle, I don't think he, he didn't play with Kyle Pitts at all, um, did Desmond Ritter. This is yellow for me. Mm-hmm. And what I think Atlanta is, if Atlanta can't go out and get a slam dunk veteran, and how many of those are out there? Um, not many.
0: I mean, Brady's not going to Atlanta. No. Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to Atlanta. I mean, they're going to be in that, you know, Derek Carr sweepstakes, I think, when yeah. it's like, all right, well, he's somebody. Ryan and, and Tan- with that. Oh, what's that? Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, one of those two guys. I, I think that's really where they're looking. Otherwise, just it probably just let Tant, uh, Desmond Ritter run for another year. Yeah, yeah, and then the happens.
1: and then the question becomes: Arthur Smith, who's coming off his second year as the coach, is like, all right. Well, what's my job security if I go into next year with Desmond Ritter? And I was like, we, you know, we liked him, we drafted him, but we didn't get a really great evaluation of him because we don't have a great receiving core. The offensive line, I think, performed a lot better than people anticipated. They ran the ball well. Tyler Algier, I think, is going to be a fascinating player uh, in best ball drafts. Drake, but not not to to go off on a tangent there because as we know, so a a lot of times these like third day rookies who end up impressing at running back, get their draft cat get their uh, fantasy or dynasty status, absolutely kneecapped by an earlier draft pick uh, in the next draft. So he's going to be a fascinating player, but Atlanta did not have a lot of talent. So it's kind of hard to evaluate Desmond Ritter in that regard, given that he was a third round rookie, somebody who uh, a lot of teams in the NFL had some questions about, but I'm totally with you. This is yellow light. Um, If they don't get – I think it's like Derek Carr or Buss, maybe. Maybe like if Lamar Jackson somehow hits the open market, Lamar Jackson ends Mm -hmm. up in Atlanta. I think Atlanta is a team that will explore every avenue. I just don't know if Atlanta is an appealing landing spot for a quarterback who's going to have the ability to decide, okay, you know, like I think Derek Carr – should probably have at least three suitors where he's like, All right, these are good options. Maybe Orion Tannehill is like, It's not going to get better for me than going to Atlanta as the presumed starter under my former offensive coordinator, under yeah. whom I had a lot of success. It's not going to get better for me than that. So I'm going to go there. But like an Aaron Rodgers, like you said, Bray, it. Brady would retire before he went to Atlanta. Aaron Rodgers would probably retire before he went to Atlanta. So I think it's like that tier, the more of the unexciting veteran. Um, Atlanta picks, let me uh, go to Tankathon. Atlanta's got the eighth pick. So if they're not sold on Ritter and they are sold on, on like, let's say a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson, they don't got far to go. Mm Mm-hmm. And and maybe one of those guys falls to them. So there are a lot of avenues for Atlanta to go get a quarterback this offseason, which is why I have them firmly in the yellow tier. Uh, And and it's yellow and not red because I did think Ritter did some good things.
0: And again, you're picking eighth. You won seven games. Again, we've played an extra game now in the NFL. But if you're winning seven games, you're technically most of the time you're not getting a top ten pick. Right. So, uh, you know, maybe this is their opportunity. They think we're not that far off. Our division's kind of a joke. I'm going to throw one name at you because we're going to get to him later with this soon-to-be former team. How about Carson Wentz as a bridge type? We're going to run the football all day. You wouldn't have to ask him to do too much. Nah, maybe uh, yeah, a real, know- real cheap deal.
1: I think maybe Wentz, like, if you're, if you still believe in Wentz, and and there's probably very few who do, no, um, nobody. I think you can maybe convince yourself that, like, you know what, you can you can get him into that Arthur Smith system the same way Tannehill did, and and maybe get a better performance out of him. I, Wentz is going to be fascinating because, like, we, we'll we'll get we'll get let's get to Carson yeah. Wentz later, but yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, you're right, it. you're right. He's he's going to be a player who's going to be interesting to watch this offseason.
0: We're going to move over to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, real disappointing season for Arizona. 4-13, and finished dead last in the NFC West. Uh, In terms of the draft, Arizona has the third overall pick. Now, they paid their quarterback. They've got Kyler Murray, five years, $230 million contract. They just handed out to him. Uh, It doesn't make really much this year. It's going to kick in in 2024. But, Joe, I mean, there's attitude issues. There's going to be a new head coach. There's rumors that people are like, we got to move on from Kyler Murray. I mean, you just gave this guy a a huge contract. Unless someone's in love with him, they're not going to pay him this massive contract and give you multiple first-round picks for him. So let's be honest here. Kyler Murray is going to be in the desert for a long time.
1: Yeah. And, um, I'm looking at the dead cap number. It's basically a hundred million this year. It's 81 million in 2024. It's 33 million in 2025, but they save 12 against the cap. No, I mean, Kyler Murray's there. Uh, the question is, is he going to be there week one cliff Kingsbury insinuated at the end of the season before uh, he lost his job that Kyler Murray, um, is not going to be ready for week one. Um, which is going to make him really difficult to evaluate for fantasy. What's this receiving group going to look like? A DeAndre Hopkins could be on the move this offseason. But this is a green light. They paid the guy. He's hurt now. Um, they, have to, they have to live in that bed. They're going to have a new general manager and a new coach. Kyler Murray, I'm disappointed here, Drake, because I said during the season, I said, the thing, my, my problem with Kyler Murray is it doesn't feel like he's gotten a whole lot better since his rookie season. Now, he's been a guy who's come in and he's so spectacularly gifted as a thrower and a runner where, like, even as good as he is as his rookie season in a really good year for the team is going to be enough to win, win them games mm-hmm. and get them to the playoffs. But I did say last year, I'm like, you know, this Cliff thing, I, you know, they're, they're, they don't do anything creative with them. I was like, man, when this team gets a coaching change, I am going to be all in on Kyler Murray. And then the injury super complicates that. And, and I, I just don't know. I have to see where he's going this offseason before I decide to invest in Kyler Murray. But given that, knowing that there's there's the attitude issues, can a new coach get in there and change the culture? I really mm-hmm. think that's what the Arizona Cardinals and the Bidwell family are hoping for. That a coach can get in there, change the culture, and just make everybody kind of enjoy playing the game again. But Kyler's got to attack his rehab. There are so many layers to this onion. The only thing we know is he will be there next year and, and almost certainly the year after that.
0: And they're going to need someone to probably start the season because that was a pretty bad injury, suffered late in the year. So they could be in the market for one of these bridge-type guys to try to maybe get them uh, through the first four or five weeks. So we'll see what happens there. Carolina. Carolina talking about teams who have early picks. They have the ninth overall selection uh, in the NFL draft this year. Panthers, again, in a bad division, finished 7-10 and like three of the other squads in the NFC South. They've got to be going out shopping for a quarterback here, Joe. There's no way you're still rolling out with Sammy Darnold uh, next year. I think their situation has got to be red.
1: It's completely red. Uh, They have a top-10 pick. Everybody's connecting them to um, Levis, Richardson, whoever. Um, we'll see if somebody else emerges from that from that quarterback group as the as the hype train gets started. Um, maybe they in Atlanta are competing for the same kind of guys. Now, here is the thing with Carolina, though. Uh, now, maybe you're not excited about you know David Tepper seems to be a really hands-on owner, but when you look at their draft capital. This is kind of a low key appealing job for me. They were a they were a competitive team in the off this season Uh, under Steve Wilkes. Maybe Steve Wilkes gets that head coaching job. I think. uh, I think the 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 latest rumor is that it's come down to like Steve Wilkes and Frank Reich um, uh, as Carolina's head coach. But you look at the draft capital. Look, they're getting a second rounder from from San Francisco. They're getting a third rounder. From San Francisco they're getting a fourth rounder from San Francisco in this draft you have a ton of ability to move up and attack that quarterback position if you want to if you're like you know what we think we have a competitive roster let's go get Derek Carr and let's use that draft capital to build this roster around him you're going to have a lot of uh, of ability to maneuver if you're with the Carolina Panthers this offseason. So I thought that was actually one of the more low-key appealing jobs, despite the fact that the quarterback situation is terrible right now. But you look at the roster, you look at the ability to build that roster, I think you can make an argument that is really a job that a lot of savvy coaches would, would want to have. But we damn well know this is a red light for the quarterback spot. They need to get one this offseason.
0: The Chicago Bears, I think this is pretty safe to say it's a green light. Justin Fields really, really shined, but we're going to have a conversation here. Now, Justin Fields finished fifth overall in total fantasy points at the quarterback position in his 15 games. He averaged 20.4 points per game. Really, this year just showed up what an electric runner he is. I mean, the guy is a video game come to life, but we know this team has zero weapons on the outside. The line's terrible. It's just, it's a really bad football team. So, the Chicago Bears, Joe, had the number one overall pick. Yeah. We know that there are a bevy of quarterbacks available. Justin Fields, still on a rookie contract. That's very appealing if you want to trade him to someone. So, the question now I pose to you, Joe Dolan, fantasypoints.com managing editor. Do you draft a quarterback at number one, or do you roll with Fields at uh, or do you draft a quarterback at number one in trade fields or do you pick something else or trade down and roll with Justin Fields as your future?
1: So this is where I have to explain the criteria we used in the last podcast in the AFC podcast here with, uh, um, the, uh, with this situation green light quarterback is where I was basically saying everything outside of a natural, like disaster, something completely unforeseen. I know this guy is that team's quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can have that level of certainty right now with Justin Fields. I really don't know if I can have that level of certainty. They have the number one overall pick. If they decide, look, Bryce Young is a slam dunk. And we're not sure about Justin Fields. I think they make the move. Do I think that is the most likely thing for them to do? No, I do not think it's the most likely thing that they will do. I think it's just a possibility. But it is too good a possibility for me to put this in a green light. I think it's much more likely that a team that's going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to draft a quarterback number one overall? And you want us to trade a first-round pick and more for the guy that you're moving on from? Mm-hmm. What am I missing? A general manager might say, "What is? What am I missing?" And I think that is that is a, a, a um, something that's absolutely fascinating. So I think the that's most likely outcome point. Is, I think the most likely outcome is they trade the pick,
0: um, and they they probably should. They've got a lot of holes, and there's teams. They're going to want to move up. Even teams that need a quarterback in the top 10, Indianapolis, Atlanta, Carolina, could want to move up just to jump ahead of the others. And Bears, they got a lot of holes. If they could collect a number of picks for this year, next year down the road, that's going to set them up for success. Justin, you can, we don't know you can win with Justin Fields, but you've got something there. I I can't go and say Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, any of these guys are markedly better right now than Justin Fields.
1: Now, all I know is if the Bears evaluate this and say, we are certain he's better than Justin Fields, you have to take him. Hmm. In the same way that Arizona – no, Fields is not nearly as big a disaster as Josh Rosen, but Arizona did that. And and say whatever you want about Kyler Murray, and I've said it on this show, that was the right call, taking Kyler Murray and moving on from just, uh, from Josh Rosen. So Fields, who completed, by the way, 7 of 21 passes the last time we saw him. This is a team, and here is why I think they're more likely to trade the pick. They traded basically a first-round pick for Chase Claypool. Awful trade. Drake, so have you – I, like, I threw, like, a tweet out there. It's like, right now the Bears have traded – First round pick for Chase Claypool. It's the 32nd overall pick, by the way, because Miami does not have a first rounder. Miami uh, forfeited because of the Brady tampering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, man, they got like 11 catches for Chase Claypool. The number of Bears fans defending that trade in my mentions. It's like, dude, it's
0: Chase Claypool. Bears it's, fans are delusional.
1: It's not like, you know, when the Titans traded a second for Julio and you're like, well, at least it was Julio Jones. Yeah, it didn't work but like it was at least Julio Jones. I mean, what is wrong with you? I was like, I understand we criticized, we criticized Ryan Poles this off season. Cause we're like, Oh my God, he didn't get Justin Fields any help. And then he goes out at the deadline and he intends to get him help. And You know, sometimes I'm caught between like, all right, we told him to go get help and he tried to do it. And then we made fun of him for doing it. But I was Mm -hmm. like, couldn't you have just traded like a sixth round pick for like Zach Pascal or something like like something that's not going to cost you and is going to get you the same level of production? I don't know. It was an awful trade. I think that's why they're more likely to trade the pick because we don't really have a whole lot to evaluate Justin Fields on. We do know Justin Fields is spectacularly talented. Um, uh, We saw that as the runner. I mean, he's probably, I mean, I guess Lamar hasn't had any of these, oh my God, like 80 yard runs uh, recently, but mm-hmm. that's what it feels like with what we're seeing with Justin Fields. Um, I, Again, I think it's 90, 10. They, they keep fields and trade the pick, but it's too high for me to say, look, the look, Ryan Poles did not draft Justin Fields. Ryan Poles did not evaluate Justin Fields, at least in the context of this offense. There's enough there for me to say, this is a yellow light quarterback situation. And anybody arguing that it's not a valid discussion is out of their minds. It's the first thing the Chicago Bears did this offseason when they knew they had the number one pick. Matter sure. of fact, if they had the number two pick, they're probably discussing it as well.
0: So uh, I think where the conversation goes here is, you go look at all the quarterbacks in the draft. Are How many real first round difference makers Are there And then these teams down below, if you're Carolina, right? If you're Tennessee, Houston needs a quarterback, right? And then you're going to say, all right, do we have enough ammo to get up into the top three to make a selection? Or is it cheaper to make the trade to the bears for fields? Because either way, you're trading a number of assets, but it's probably cheaper to go get fields than to go get, well, a top 3 draft pick
1: because you have 3 years of fields left in theory because of the contract and you have five mm-hmm. of the number one draft picks. So
0: there is a whole layer
1: of onion um just 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 with this Chicago Bears situation. I think it's one of the more fascinating situations. I, and that's why I think people are gravitating towards this discussion because mm-hmm. it is fascinating. It is rare for this to happen. You know, this isn't like the Jaguars and say what you want about Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. He showed more as a passer than Justin Fields has shown so far. And also we knew that that coaching staff was another disaster last year. Um, so we had that situation last year. This discussion did not come up last year, mostly because I don't think there was a, a quarterback. I mean, there wasn't a quarterback nearly as highly regarded as any of these guys in last year's draft class. But I really just, I, I, people arguing that this is not a valid conversation are out of their minds. It is every general manager's job evaluate the players on the roster the assets it has on the roster and through draft and to make and to construct the best roster possible and it is up to ryan poles to decide if that's bryce young and fewer draft picks around him or justin fields and a bevy of draft picks around him and that is an open-ended question
0: Yeah, so I'm sure we'll be talking about that as the season goes on. And if you're looking to keep your season going on, you want to go over to FantasyPoints.com. Right now we've got our super early bird special, 30% off all subscriptions, no promo code needed, 30% off any package that goes until the Super Bowl. When the Super Bowl kicks off, that program goes away. Folks, don't wait. You know you're going to be signing up for betting content for fantasy content, for just general NFL stuff, because where else do you get it besides FantasyPoints.com with the guru, with the grinder? There's a lot of nicknames over here, Joe. I love it. I gotta. Uh, we're going to come up with some good ones. Yeah, Our buddy Scott Barrett, Graham Barfield, the data package. We haven't even broken that out yet. Wait till you see all the bells and whistles we got on the back end for this. Go over to FantasyPoints.com. Lock yourself in for 2023. 30% off right now. No promo code needed. You don't even got to tell them your boy Drake sent you, but they'll know trust me between me and you don't know all right so let's keep rolling here in a conversation that everybody's had this week and it's about the dallas cowboys and dak prescott dak prescott makes 40 million dollars a year i there's a lot of folks who go they they gotta move on from dak he led the league in interceptions and he he missed five games and he had a down year and all this you got dak prescott you're paying 40 million dollars in terms of Did Dak play well? That's a different discussion. But in terms of, is Dak the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? There's no question about it. Oh, yeah.
1: No no doubt about it. They completely messed up last offseason. They were in such a hurry to move on from Amari Cooper that Jerry completely misread the market. He got a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper in the same market where Devontae Parker's getting a third. Uh, um, They paid Michael Gallup instead of paying Amari Cooper. That was obviously a a huge mistake. You know, Dak Prescott's there in Dallas. I, I mean... it's a big discussion. There are guys from the ringer just absolutely twisting themselves into knots, like defending Dak Prescott this week. (laughs) I'm not going that far guys. You don't have to do that. Like nobody does it for Kirk cousins. um, But Dak Prescott's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That is an absolute no doubter. Um, Again, barring some like fantasy trade. I saw like there was some, some guy was like, would you trade Dak Prescott for Aaron Rodgers?" barring something like completely out of thin air like that um no Dak Prescott's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys
0: yeah so for the conversation we're having today we won't expand too much on it but yes uh, De- Dak will be there next year how about Jared Goff in Detroit mm. now Goff had a really nice season and we're talking about a Detroit Lions team that surpassed all expectations and nearly made the playoffs on the last day of the season Detroit finished second in the NFC North they were nine and eight this year and in terms of draft capital they got the sixth overall pick so if they wanted to do something there maybe they could but you know they they still have jared goff jared goff's got 33 million average salary let me look at his contract for this year joe and let's see 20, there's an out with 10 million dead cap they could do this year and get out of jared goff so i don't necessarily think they're going to go with some other veteran but if you want to get rid of Jared Goff and draft someone, I can get behind that.
1: Yeah, um, this is yellow for me, and I, this is yellow in a different way um, from some of the others. Where, like with Desmond Ritter, where I think it's yellow flashing red, I think this is yellow flashing green. Uh, Jared Goff is one of the best passing quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think we understand Jared Goff's ceiling. We also understand his floor if he's not well insulated and well protected. But Detroit has accumulated a massive amount of talent on the offensive line. They've accumulated a massive amount of talent at wide receiver with St. Brown, we are scratching the surface with Jamison Williams. I don't, okay. Massive amount might be a little wild because DJ mm-hmm. Chark is a, is a free agent, but you've got a really good foundation with St. Brown and Jamison Williams there. You've got Swift and Williams in the backfield. Um, I think it's more likely than not that Jared Goff is the Lions quarterback next year and they try to make a run for it. And I think they're one of those teams who's like, man, if we're, if we're picking sixth, and that's the, by the way, that's the Rams pick. That's not their pick. They mm-hmm. also pick in the team. So if they decide we want Bryce Young, they might well be one of those teams who has the ability to do that. The question then becomes, do the Chicago Bears want the Detroit Lions to get Bryce Young? Mm. So there's there's a, a tricky a scenario as well. Cause we know the Texans need a quarterback at number two. So yep. Detroit might be like, man, we really think Bryce Young's the guy, but there's no way that Chicago is going to trade with us. Detroit might just have to stand pat. I think Jared Goff is their quarterback next year, but they're a team that I have to put them in the yellow tier only because of the maneuverability that they have with the sixth and the 18th pick.
0: And, I mean, we're, we can get into draft talk all off season here, but it really puts Arizona in an advantageous spot too, because they're a pick ahead of Indianapolis. Who needs a quarterback? So yeah. everybody could be eyeing that number three spot, knowing that the Cardinals don't need a QB. Cardinals could get a nice haul for that pick and really kind of reinvigorate this roster with a new GM.
1: Here's another reason why I think the Bears are going to trade the pick is because you look at Indianapolis at four. You look at Houston at two. The Bears could be like, hey, Houston, you don't want us to trade this pick to Indy? Well, then you're giving us two in, a future, in your first round pick next year just to move up to number one. Mm-hmm. And then Chicago can take the two pick and then trade back from that. So oh,
0: that would be a masterful job for yeah, the and Bears. That,
1: That's what I think. Like, that's why I think it's more likely Chicago trades the pick because of all these teams who need a quarterback. Um, uh, Scott in our chat says you have to separate his home and road stats. He was really good golf at home and bad golf on the road. And, and I think what that speaks to is that Jared Goff is, you know, on his best day, he's a really good quarterback. On his worst day, he's a bottom tier starter. And I just feel like that's probably most quarterbacks in the NFL, most decent quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think I would qualify Jared Goff, uh, Drake, as a decent quarterback. And it's a decent quarterback, though, who we know in the right situation can go play in a Super Bowl. We he's also the number know one happened in that pick. Super
0: Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all talk about Jared Goff you know, because we look at everything through a fantasy lens. A lot of times and we go, ah, Jared Goff kind of stinks. Jared Goff was the number one pick, played in the Super Bowl, you know, had a nice college career. Like, Jared Goff can throw the football. So, I mean,
1: he's a very elegant thrower. Like, um, just a really, you, you protect Jared Goff, he's going to pick you apart, um, But, yeah, I mean, looking at the numbers, again, 109.3 quarterback rating. That's not everything, but 109.3 quarterback rating at home, 87.4 on the road, 23 touchdowns to three picks at home, six to four on the road. So, Mr. Uh, Jared Goff's an avid indoorsman, Mr. Drake.
0: I got to Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say. You know what team would make so much sense for Jared Goff? Because it's kind of like a, a much lower case from the guy we're going to talk about next. How about the New York Jets with Jared Goff and all those weapons out there mm. and a good running game with Brees Hall? I mean, he's obviously an upgrade over uh Wilson and, and uh Mike uh what the hell his name Mike is Mike White. Mike White, yep. So I'm just we're throwing things out there. That's what we do in the offseason here. So well, let's move on to the next guy who's going to be fueling speculation in New York, in Green Bay, in uh, Las Vegas, and that's Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers' contract is an albatross, <laughs> to say the least. So if he's traded before June first, forty point three million dead money for the Packers. If he's traded after June first, fifteen point eight million this year, twenty four point five million uh, in next year. he's spread out that those June first cuts over two seasons. If he is straight up released, which will not happen. 99.8 million dollars. <laughs> if he retires, he they're still on the hook for 40.3. So what is your signal color for Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love waiting in the wings?
1: I have this as a yellow light. I can't help but feel that like we're still going through the same stuff as last year, though. Oh, Rodgers is as good as gone, and he's not going back. They're gonna go to Jordan Love and then going to, they're going to realize that the, the best partnership is this partnership, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, uh, hey, we've got these young receivers that started to come on last year. You know, we, we almost made the playoffs. The, the dead money really makes this difficult because you would have to really incentivize the Green Bay Packers to take on that money. And keep in mind, Jordan loves going into his fourth year. So, so you, this is not like, oh, you're moving on from Aaron Rodgers and you're going to have a rookie quarterback and that you can you can uh, massage around that dead money. You're going to have to pay Jordan Love eventually if he is the guy. So, I think that makes it really hard to convince the Green Bay Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. even though I know there will be teams trying and maybe, maybe they can make that deal work, but um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a difficult situation. I guess if they trade them pre-June 1st, you take the huge dead cap this year, the way like Philly did with Wentz two years ago, Mm -hmm. the way the Falcons did with Ryan last year. And you realize you do still have a quarterback on his rookie contract. Um, But um, I I think it, it might be tough to incentivize the Packers knowing how, how close they were to making the playoffs this year with really a bunch of young um uh uh, weapons around Aaron Rodgers
0: that's gonna be the story of the offseason folks so get ready for that one uh let's go to Los Angeles where the Rams have Matthew Stafford and Matthew Stafford a year removed from a Super Bowl Matthew Stafford played his best football uh, back in the 2022 Mm. 2021 to 2022 season he's injured he's got a back issue I'm not sure If he comes back and plays again, Joe, with the severity of this issue, they have Baker Mayfield. Who knows uh, with that situation. If you want to bring Baker in, uh, do you think you can really win with Baker Mayfield and that roster and the hamstrung effects of all the contracts and the the lack of draft picks? But what do you think quarterback situation with Stafford, with Mayfield? What color designation are you giving the Rams?
1: Okay, so – It's a different situation than Tua because Tua obviously has concussions, an injury that we're learning more about but still don't know a whole lot about. I think Stafford's injury, the back, the neck, is probably a little more cut and dry. But if if we're going to give Tua a yellow, blinking green, by the way, I think you would agree with that, that it's more Mm -hmm. likely than not that Tua's back in Miami. I think it's yellow, blinking green. Sean McVay is back. I think Matthew Stafford is the quarterback for the Rams next year. But if he gets a bad report at some point in May, this could be all over. So I can't sit here and say 100% week one, Matthew Stafford's out there for the Rams. So I'm going to give this a yellow. Um, I want the green, the green lights. I want that to be absolute Mount Vesuvius level disaster or a shock to the system if that guy's not the quarterback. And I don't think it would be like, oh my Lord, Matthew Stafford's retiring. I don't think that would be like, that huge bombshell knowing what he went through this year
0: and Matthew Stafford could stay on this roster for 2023 because he didn't really doesn't make much money his base salary is only 1.5 million his cap hit for 2023 is only 20 million so if you release the guy he's 49 and a half million which that's not going to happen so they might just kind of keep him on the roster this year it's like yeah we'll see if he comes back later in the year what do you think of Baker Mayfield? The job he did. Do you think they would lean on him? Being again, they have no draft picks.
1: He was fine. Um, I, he didn't play well. He was terrible in Carolina. I thought he was better than that with the Rams. Um, uh, what, what did they sign him to? Is he is he under contract still? They they claimed him off waivers, so I would guess he's. Uh, so you still... claim
0: that contract? Yeah. Uh, let me see what Baker Mayfield's contract looks like here. Yeah, he's.
1: Uh, hey. Oh no, he's a free agent.
0: Yeah. Let's see. My internet here is—we're slowing it down. Oh yeah, unrestricted free agent. Um, and Baker's I, I, never made any money, and I probably still won't. But he could be a guy looking to go to one of those bridge situations. But yeah. I mean, I mean, this is the most money he's made in his uh, career. He made. I think 4. it's probably more season.
1: likely uh, he goes back to the Rams. I think so and too. And just like he's like, we need a we need a solid backup. We'll develop you. This is a good system. Um, We'll rebound from next year. I think it's more likely he goes back to the Rams. Yeah.
0: Well, a name everyone talks about in Minnesota is Kirk Cousins, because, you know, he can't win in prime time. He can't close out. He can't win a playoff game. The Vikings had a fantastic season. The Vikings finishes the number two, uh, number three seed, excuse me, the NFC. They were 13 and four awesome year for the Minnesota Vikings. The defense is the major issue in Minnesota. So, I think we're pretty content here that Kirk e. Cousins is going to be back uh, in his, what would be right now his final year of contract in Minnesota.
1: And the question is you know, this is a team that Justin Jefferson, you know, is still on his rookie contract. You're Like, where, where are you going to go? I mean, if you're Minnesota, where, <laughs> what, what, what better are you getting here as opposed to Kirk Cousins? He's on the final year of his contract. This is a green light for me. He's their quarterback next year. He had a solid year. Um, and, and, and in the way that Kirk cousins always has solid years. And then everybody makes fun of him when he collapses on primetime and in the playoffs, whether that's fair or not. Um, and, and, but the performance is probably good enough. Look, you, you get your team to 13 and four, even when they were the most fraudulent 13 win team of all time, as football outsiders has been pointing out all year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of positives to take away from that. He's their quarterback next year. Well,
0: if you're Kirk cousins, now you get a fully guaranteed, again, he's making 10 million. He got a ton of money up front with, with this contract, right? He's on a one-year $35 million deal. Uh do you think maybe Kirk Cousin holds out in training camp or, or wants a little security, a little long-term deal from the Vikings?
1: I think it's possible. Um, I don't know how how well that's going to sit with Minnesota fans after mm-hmm. the the way the uh after the way the The season ended after some of those performances, but uh, I I think he could. But I'm Kirk, maybe, should also sit there and realize, Man, I've had a damn good career, I've made a lot of money.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Let's move on to the New Orleans Saints really disappointing year for the Saints. We started the year, we had Jameis Winston under center, uh, we finished the year, Andy Dalton. We're always sprinkling a little Taysom Hill, seven and ten year for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, when you look at draft for the New Orleans Saints, I don't believe the Saints have a first-round pick. Oh, no, they don't, because it would have been the 10th pick. They traded that, that's right, to Philadelphia so they could draft a wide receiver. So Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, yeesh, I'm uh, and this, no first-round pick.
1: This is one of those, like, veteran situations. Uh, their quarterback's not on this roster. And if they go into next year with Andy Dalton, who was okay, you know, in, in the way you would expect Andy Dalton to be, I'm giving this a red light Drake. I don't think the quarterback's on the roster. I think they have to do something different. How can you uh, like, I mean, I know they don't have a first round pick. So that really kind of chin straps them as to what they can do, but I no, they, they don't have the quarterback on this roster. They didn't play Jameis all year. Um, so, and I think that tells you what the coaching staff thinks of him.
0: Let's keep it rolling with the New York football giants. Shout out to you giants fans. You're not playing for a draft pick and, trying to negotiate yourself into you know, a top 10 pick here. You, you made the playoffs and you won a game with Daniel Jones, who finished as QB seven in fantasy football, averaging over 18 points a game. Now, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, they are unrestricted free agents. You could absolutely franchise tag Daniel Jones. I don't know if you necessarily want to pay him that much money for a season, but I think Joe, the Giants, are they're going to get something done here with Daniel Jones. Saquon, who knows who cares? That's another story, but, Where else are they going to go? When you're looking at the giants who are selecting 26th right now, Daniel Jones has got to come back on this team.
1: I think that's more likely than not, but I mean, he is an unrestricted free agent. So I have to make this a yellow blinking green. I think Daniel Jones is back here, but he is a free agent. So this is yellow blinking green for me. Oh my God. Giants fans were buying into the Danny dimes hype at the end of the year. And I'm not going to go out there and, and, and blame that loss to Philly on Daniel Jones. Okay. Like, did he have a good game? No. The Giants were outclassed at literally every position. So yeah. I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, Daniel Jones, he should have played better in that game. Uh uh uh. Not going to do that. Um, but this is obviously a situation where I think he's back. Um, I think maybe the hype was getting a little out of control. You heard Bill Simmons. I don't know if you heard Bill Simmons, uh, two weeks ago when what he was definitely
0: one of these guys talking, Bill, uh, Daniel Jones for MVP. No, he was, like, he was like, hey,
1: hey, 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 Sal. Turn on the uh, TikTok camera there, uh, Nephew Kyle. Are we sure Daniel Jones isn't the best quarterback in the NFC? Oh, my God. He's a Stop. thinking man's Josh Allen. Uh, so my Bill Simmons impression kind of sounds like Tim Kirkchen. Um <laughs> You know, I talked to three area scouts who told me that Daniel Jones is going to sign with the Patriots. Um, uh, so my Bill Simmons impression is a little like that. But uh, um, like the, the hype got a little out of control. But Daniel Jones was not well-supported on that team this year. I think they know that. All of their top receivers are free agents. Hodgins, uh, Slayton, James, Sterling Shepard. They're going to cut Galladay. I think the the most likely situation here, and the problem for the Giants, though, is the the, the free agent wide receiver class is terrible. So if you're going to pay Daniel Jones on the franchise tag and you definitely need receivers, my guess is they'll be heavily looking at one at 26 in this draft
0: no question about it do you give pause to the passing stats for Daniel Jones I mean you look at a guy here who threw I I want to say it was 12 games in the season where he threw under 200 yards I mean he really he went over 300 yards twice In the, this is in 2022 NFL and that was against Detroit and Minnesota in the regular season two of the crappiest defenses Uh, that you'll see as a quarterback does that give you pause at all is how limited he really was because he made up so much of it on the ground yeah
1: i mean he threw for 300 yards and counting the playoffs three times twice against minnesota Mm -hmm. um the thing the thing that makes it tough for me is if you look at daniel jones's supporting cast the last couple years it's below average across the board at the wide receiver position so and, and brian dable's a coach who actually has a clue which is why i think they're going to bring him back I'm not going to be freaking out about Dan, Dan Jones, but like if they bring him back and he's like the QB 14 off the board, I'll probably be investing because he does run. Um, I think they're going to have to improve around him this season. I think they'll probably re-sign a guy like Hodgins. Uh, he's an exclusive rights-free agent. So basically if they decide to re-sign him, they will. Um, and, and, and supplement that with maybe a rookie, a, a, a solid veteran, but yeah, um, I, the hype was a little out of control for me, but I think he probably showed enough that they want to bring him back.
0: In Philadelphia, the Eagles are preparing for the NFC Championship game, and their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, is preparing to cash in because Hurts makes literally no money here. He's on the final year of his rookie deal. So he's making $4 million, or next year, excuse me, it'll be the final year of his rookie deal. He'll make $4 million, then be an unrestricted free agent. The Eagles are going to have to pay Jalen Hurts this offseason. They don't want to wait until they're up against it. They want to get this done because every year you wait, the price tag goes up. So I think obviously the Eagles, it's a as green as green gets in Philadelphia. It's Eagles green for who's the quarterback, but it's just a matter of how much is Jalen Hurts going to get paid.
1: Yeah, this is a green light for me, but it does bring to mind an interesting conversation. Um, did you see Micah Parsons tweet yesterday?
0: Micah Parsons should not have a Twitter account. Michael, uh, he's, yeah. uh, but. a... <laughs> He's kind of a dope. He's like your uncle that you look at on Facebook and you go like, oh man, like, why, why do I, why am I related to this guy?
1: Here's what he essentially tweeted. He's like, so three of the four teams in the championship have a quarterback on their rookie contract. Hmm. You know, and I mean, the 49ers do have Jimmy Garoppolo, but, um, but yeah, so there's, there's Micah Parsons point. And now I think most, you know, Dallas fans are like, oh my God, he's taking a shot at Dak," And. To me, it raised an interesting question because does any general manager in the league have the balls to say, hey, we've put an all-star Pro Bowl caliber roster around this young quarterback on his rookie deal, let's say the way the 49ers have and the way the Eagles have, and we think that's the reason. Mm-hmm. that our team is really good not to take away from what the quarterback has done. And my thing is if there was any general manager in the league who had the audacity to do something like that it would probably be Howie Roseman. Yep. The question then becomes though, it's like the whole, it's like the whole thing. I guess the Cowboys did it in 89, but the whole thing is, Hey, we have two first round picks. Let's take two quarterbacks. Like in yeah, theory, you can see why that works, but like there's a reason nobody's done it. Um. So first and foremost, this is green light. Jalen Hurts is the Eagles' quarterback yeah. next year, but I'm just opening the, the the discussion to be, hey. We'll go and we'll draft another second round quarterback.
0: That wouldn't surprise me at all. The way and, this team works now,
1: right? And we'll and we'll. Try to transition to that guy, and the, but then see here's what here's where it, it turns into. Hey, I can see where that would work. That would be clever, but there's the other problem. We talk about this New York Jets roster as a roster that's ready to win right now, and their quarterback situation was abominable. Jalen Hurts has established himself as a big time quarterback right now. Whether you think that's in large part because of his roster or not, he's kind of established himself in that regard. And I just don't think when you're in a, in a situation where you have to massage 53 egos in a locker room, mm-hmm. you know, we already saw how like the Hertz Wentz thing in Philadelphia created factions in the locker room that they had to essentially purge. I know the theory has been thrown out there. Hey, will somebody try this? We have a Pro Bowl quarterback, but we think that quarterback is supported by this roster, so we're going to move on from that quarterback before we pay him, and we're going to try to bring another one in here to do the same thing. I just think the position is so hard to play. And there is so much else to go in in terms of managing personalities, creating an offense around somebody that I just don't think it's viable. But I feel like if there was somebody who had the audaciousness to do it, it would be Howie Roseman. I think he's definitely thought of it. I think he's probably realized it's just not viable in a in a league where you have to manage actual human beings.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, especially in the fan base. Uh, you're talking about a kid who maybe just brought you to the Super Bowl, or at least on the doorstep. So. San Francisco 49ers, their opponent this weekend. This is an interesting conversation also. Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, who is going to be returning from injury. Jimmy Garoppolo, this is the final year of his contract. He will be an unrestricted free agent uh, this offseason. So likely, Jimmy G is out the door finding um, greener pastures, and I think the Brock Purdy emergence really is going to allow that because San Francisco, now they don't have to worry about bringing like Jimmy G back as a safety net for Trey Lance. But Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, where do you see the starting quarterback going here?
1: So this is unique because uh, I'm going back through the AFC and the NFC. This is my 13th green light that I have among the two conferences.
0: This is the only one where I don't know who the green light is. I was going to think that, yeah. Yeah. One of these two guys is going to start. It's going to be Lance, it's going to be Purdy.
1: I think it's probably going to be Purdy uh, at, Mm -hmm. at this stage. And now maybe things get completely blown up. If the 49ers, you know, fall on their faces this weekend against the Eagles and touchdown Tom, to God's ears. Yeah, and t- t- touchdown Tom's like, hey, Kyle Shanahan, what's up, man? You tired yeah. of falling short of the Super Bowl? Um, so I guess that could happen, but I'm gonna say it's green light. It's gonna be Lancer, it's gonna be Purdy here for the 49ers. I mean, again, we just talked about the value of that quarterback on his rookie contract, and they've got two of them um and Trey Lance can maybe get them a draft pick right now kind of a fascinating situation to watch this offseason if 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 the 49ers win this weekend it's purdy there's like it's purdy if they lose this weekend especially if he throws a couple picks then it gets more interesting um but I'm going to green light it without with the caveat that I don't know which guy is the green light do you
0: if you decide to go with Brock Purdy do you trade Trey Lance if you're the 49ers Makes no money. He's not a rookie well, deal. First and
1: foremost, you just traded a second, third, fourth, and fifth for Christian McCaffrey. So you probably need to recoup one of those day two picks. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd probably get a third rounder. That Trey Lance is a fascinating one because like maybe one of these teams that isn't appealing to Rogers or Carr or one of these teams that like, you know, misses out on, let's just say, Ryan Tannehill or something like that. You could trade a third round pick for Trey Lance. That could be appealing. Like Trey Lance has done nothing to show that he's a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. But he hasn't done anything to show he isn't. I mean, we he just was talked a third to, overall pick.
0: We just talked about the Philadelphia Eagles and how they love to do kind of wild stuff at the quote-unquote quarterback factory. Wow. wow. You think they'd throw a third-round pick to San Francisco? Say, we'll we'll take him. I you can it. back up Jalen Hurts. Now it kind of fits the offense a little bit. Yep. You can develop this kid, get him healthy.
1: Absolutely, I could see them doing that. Oh. 100% could see them doing
0: that. And San Francisco would go. There's no way in hell we're sending this. Kid yeah, 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 exactly.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. Especially since this could become a little bit of a rivalry here with the way these two rosters look. So no, I I completely agree. That would be a fascinating move, though.
0: Thirty-two year old Geno Smith had quite the season. I think between him and uh, Saquon Barkley for comeback player of the year. What a great story in the Pacific Northwest. Unrestricted free agent Geno Smith. Now this is a team that. They got out of Russell Wilson. They said, eh, maybe we'll see what Geno's got. He'd be a bridge. Do you think that Geno Smith gets a contract extension here? Yes. And, and Is the future of the Seattle Seahawks?
1: I think he gets a contract extension with Seattle. But again, let's go back to the Daniel Jones situation. He's a free agent. So I can't sit here and say, oh, he's definitely their quarterback. So this is a yellow light for me. Geno's mm-hmm. starting somewhere next year. You know, he's been a name I've neglected to mention in the for a lot of these yellow or red light teams that I know don't have a quarterback. Um, I think a lot of teams could probably talk themselves in to Geno Smith as their quarterback. Um, But I think this is yellow light. I think he gets extended in Seattle, but he is a free agent. So I can't sit Mm -hmm. here and tell you, yes, absolutely. He is the quarterback of the Seahawks.
0: You know where I think he could fit in really well if he leaves Seattle, Tampa Bay. Sure. Look at look at the way these rosters are built. I mean, he goes out there, he's got all these receivers still. You know, they got a little bit of a run game, they get that offensive line healthy. You're not going to have to pay him, you know, what you would some of these other elite quarterbacks, so that would be my tip if he doesn't come back to Seattle. All right, we just mentioned the Buccaneers. Let's go there. Tom Brady uh, is looking to go elsewhere. I don't know necessarily if that happens, but I, I, I'd, I'd rather say Tom Brady's either going to retire or go somewhere else. I don't see him coming back no. to Tampa Bay.
1: I have this as a red light. I think the Tampa Bay thing has run its course. Tom Brady did exactly. Look, you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you signed Tom Brady three years ago and you tell any Buccaneers fan, any member of that organization, you're going to make the playoffs three times. You're going to win a Super Bowl. We got every cent worth out of Tom Brady. And Tom Absolutely. Brady, thank the fans. Thank you for welcoming me. You know, thank this organization. I think that was a goodbye message. Tom Brady's tenure in San Francisco and uh, Tampa Bay, rather. Ooh, maybe that's a maybe that's a Freudian slip there. <laughs> uh, his tenure in Tampa Bay ended sourly, just like they did in New England. It doesn't take away what Tom Brady did for the Buccaneers, but he's gone. He will not be there yeah. next year.
0: The last team we'll talk about today, the Washington Commanders. Lord only knows how and why Ron Rivera is still the head coach of this football team, but he is at the moment. And the commanders finished eight, eight in one. They started the year with Carson Wentz. Then we transitioned to Taylor Heineke. We ended the year with Sam Howell out of North Carolina, who reports said, you know, this, this team is telling potential head coaching candidates that Sam Howell is their quarterback, which I don't understand. Cause you didn't want to play this kid all year. Yeah. You put him in one garbage game. One game. And now all of a sudden he's the face of the franchise, which just shows how poorly run the Commanders are. But what color designation are you given, the old Commandos?
1: Yellow flashing red. We know it's not
0: when. So team colors.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh excuse Yellow, me. Yellow flashing burgundy. Burgundy. Oh man, I called yeah. it. I called it maroon on air once, and uh, our producer uh, Javon, a uh, former assistant producer at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, was like, "He's a born and bred DC. He, he gets in the microphone, and if you know Javon." Uh, they used to do the voice of God with him on air. He, he, he went <laughs> Burgundy.
0: Uh,
1: no, he was not into me saying maroon. Uh, so no Burgundy and gold. Uh, this is gold flashing Burgundy right now. <laughs> I, I think Hal did some good things in that game. HB Heineke, uh, uh, John Hansen has taken to calling him Hospital Ball Heineke. I've
0: shortened that to
1: <laughs> – I, lo- I for some reason, I just really love calling him H.B. Heineke because it sounds like a oil tycoon from the 19th century. Um,
0: Maybe H.B. Heineke will buy the team.
1: Yeah, H.B. get HB Heineke to to, to uh, purchase this, this god-awful franchise. Um, but I think this is like a Derek Carr, Geno Smith mm-hmm. kind of area – you know, like where I told you on the last podcast, I don't think the Colts can talk themselves, their fans into another 30 plus quarterback. The commanders could do that. And their fans are like, all right, wake me up when you sell the team.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like <laughs> we're not going to be interested in this team until you sell it anyway. So do whatever the hell you want.
0: Yeah. Let, let us know when you're giving out Sean Taylor popsicle stick night or something, oh. you know, with all the disasters they do with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. That, that team is in trouble. It's, just needs a whole reboot, and everybody's got to (laughs) go. But, you know, who's not going anywhere? Joe and I, we're with you here every single week on the Two point Stance. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Go over to the YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribed to Fantasy Points. Just search it, baby. It's that easy. Hit that subscribe button. There's a bevy of content. It's not just Joe and I. You're going to get the betting content. You're going to get the data points. Uh, Talk about some of these other great shows we've got on the YouTube channel, Joe. I mean, you're you're in uh, as the managing editor. You know all the great talent on the team. So.
1: Obviously, I did, the, um, I did the Fantasy Points daily lineup during the season, uh, which was a, basically a rundown of the headlines. Not so much for me to do in the offseason there. We're going to have um, underdog drafts. We're going to have FFPC drafts all off season. You and I are going to be doing uh, draft content. We're going to talk. The, one of the things we really want to do with this show, Drake, is uh, not, not that this is unique, but we want to bring in interviews, which is something um, mm-hmm. we want to bring in outside interviews, interviews from around Fantasy Points what people are doing, Scott Barrett and Grant Barfield and John Hanson and all those guys. Our guy Brett Whitefield with the data package um, is going to be huge on draft. Wes Huber is going to be huge on draft. I think it's going to be a fascinating offseason here. Um, And you and I are – I'm glad to spearhead this with you. I'm glad to talk to you on a Thursday morning. I mean, we we just find time to record these things. Um, Drake, one more thing. Let's drop one more thing. You know how like Steve Jobs used to do that at, at, at the Mac keynotes? I don't know if you ever remember that. Like, he would act like he wrapped up, and then he said one more thing, and then he'd drop a bombshell. Um, This isn't (laughs) Uh so much a bombshell, but uh, while we were on air, the New York Jets announced that they have hired Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. You know that's that's going to lead to a lot of of speculation. Uh, First and foremost, it's going to be a lot of guys uh, wishing they could call into Francesa right now and complain that they hired Nathaniel Hackett. And then the Cope, 30 seconds later, is going to be, Oh, my God, he's best friends with Aaron
0: Rodgers. (laughs) Yeah, well, Denver thought that last year, too. And go ask uh, Mark Slayrith on draft day how well that worked out when he's tweeting out, uh, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers coming here. Yeah, Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, he was terrible. He was in over his head in Denver. He's been an offensive coordinator in a lot of spots. But you can poke holes in that, too. I remember when he was the offensive coordinator here at Syracuse University. Doug Marone was calling the plays. So – you know, he's been with some really good quarterbacks, and that covers up a lot of sins. We saw that with another Jets hire their uh, old uh, Bug Eyes. What the hell is that guy's name? Uh, Adam Gates. Adam Gates, here, there you go. It's oh no, he's great. He's worked yeah, all he these quarterbacks. Eh, is it the coaches, the quarterback?
1: Yeah, I, I look, I'm Aaron Rodgers. If there was a spot for him to go, I look, I think this Jets offense is ready to win. Um, we also thought that Broncos offense was ready to win this year. So, uh, look, I, I don't think Rodgers will drop off the way Wilson did. But, look, Jet, Jets fans are willing to sell their soul to find out.
0: I yeah, know that. So they've already sold it. They live in uh, New Jersey. Uh, so, come on. <laughs> <laughs> don't let to
1: hear you say that. Hanson will. Uh, Haddonfield's a lovely town, by the way.
0: Is he in, in Jets-Giants territory? Most Jets fans, honestly, are Long Island. You're a, a Jets-Mets fan, or if you get closer into the city, it's more Yankees-Giants, and then you get into Philly and New Jersey, It's but you get the Giants-Jersey, you know, that dividing line.
1: Uh, so I always, I always thought that there was more of a kinship um, as somebody who grew up a Philly fan. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, but right across the bridge from New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I always felt more of a believe me, I hate the New York Mets. I despise the New York Mets. They're one of my top five hated teams in all of sports. <laughs> but I always felt there was more of a kinship with Mets Jets fans than Giants Yankees fans.
0: Oh yeah. If you're a Mets fan, it's a birthright. You have to be a Jets fan. They go together. It's on your, you know, it's your Social Security card.
1: I know Mets Giants fans. I know Jets Yankees fans. As a matter of fact, the biggest Jets fans I Jets fan I know is a Yankee fan, which is kind of bizarre to me, but uh but no. They need I, some
0: winning in their life.
1: Mets Jets was always the one I felt more of like a kinship with. Like, hey, yeah, we're not with right. Like you just mentioned the term birthright. Like there was there is no birthright there, right? You're Prince Harry. <laughs> Um, you you're out there writing memoirs about how much you hate the Yankees, you know, like that's what that's what Mets Jets fans are. So I always felt more of a kinship, like because everybody always treats Philly like a little brother. And now, like you know, um, you know, Philly, if they, if they, if they make a run to the Super Bowl here, the Sixers are looking pretty good. The Phillies were in the World Series. It's it was uh, it's a pretty good time to be a Philly sports fan. I'll tell you that.
0: Isn't that funny how that happens with some of these towns where Tampa Bay san francisco yeah. uh these these towns and all the sports teams come together and kind of win in these little pockets it's it's a unique uh, little thing well, Maybe let's, Philly let's can put get it this there. way
1: i used to have a flyers flag up on my door back there uh that does not i, I mean it exists i just don't know where it is i uh I made a I made a pact with myself. I, I said I was not going to watch a second of Flyers hockey this year, and I have held on to that pact. I'm disgusted by that franchise. Um, and instead, I put up my Pinehurst number two flag back there.
0: Uh, ah, there even know. better. I we could get more uh, traction here talking uh, golf courses we visited than talking NHL. So <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, like, uh, like I I I used to be a Flyer season ticket holder. Really, and I—I I have determined. I mean, I couldn't be now. I live in South Carolina, but um, I—I I love it, love it. But that team has disgusted me. There's they, every move they make, it—it's it, just another embarrassment. I can't stand that team right now. <laughs> I'm a fan. Oh, I'm a fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm—I'm I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I'm gonna go be a Lightning fan. No, I will never do that. That's BS. I'll never do that. Uh, but no, I—I I just don't have to watch the Flyers. That is my prerogative, and I am not doing it.
0: There you go. We hope you guys watch us every week here on the Two Point Stands. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll be back next time. For Dolan, I'm Drake. See you later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform, and come join the roster at fantasypoints.com.